Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. This is the Dope Brad Dad Podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. I am here. Should we clap for that? Again? Can... Every week. You're asking well... for claps. The fact that you're having to ask for them. Like, it feels like Why a Why do you sound clap? like one of those women's podcasts that hate when men do anything? Can I ask for claps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm breathing. Oh, when he breathed. Oh. So, all right, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a loving man. What do you want me to be? Those bloody misandrists. Uh, wow. I'm here. I don't know long words, uh, women. So if he said something mean, he said something. Can we just zoom hey. in? The guy in orange. Hey. I don't say things like that because hey. I know better. I already told the line with what I just said. And in fact, I'll take it back. I'm sorry. Don't don't cancel my stuff. All right? Anyone? Uh, this week, we are here today with Romantha Bota, who's our in-house woman to equalize the nonsense that we talk about, but also as an Try expert man. in broadcasting and production and Sex and Pleasure, which is your going. amazing documentary. Yes. Uh, also, Elaborate she keeps please. us all, she's like a teacher. She keeps us all governed mm-hmm. um, and she's doing mm-hmm. the Vogue, in case you can't see the Vogue. Um, it's offbeat, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a hater, man. I know. No, she's doing it to the Amma Piano beat. Wow. <laughs> what? Stop doing African stuff. Don't you know, it really winds her up. <laughs> oh, every week you do <laughs> African <laughs> stuff. It winds her up. Why have you not then, said anything? Then in the car home. I can't be, I can't be racist. I'm African. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're West African, bro. You people are brazzy, bro. You think you're the king of diasporas. I think, I think I'm trying to just get South Africa back for how they treat Nigerians. Oh. Wow. This is that's a whole political topic. We'll it bring is. in we'll bring in two South Africans and two Nigerians and watch the fight happen. Whoa. Uh, and we're also here with Darwood Grace, who is the in-house Black Jesus, aka Corruptor, aka person that we have to edit out the most. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but can I look? We can't make these things negative because it sounds negative. Doesn't mean it is negative. Yeah, okay, it's, it's the way you phrased it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the whole point of me as the host and broadcaster. It's meant to sound triggering, but not be. Uh, so point. Uh, Good to see you. Good to see Love you the too. colors. Thank you, sir. Ah. Also here we have Kalia. Kalia, how you doing? Is it Kalia Ishmael, right? Got it right. Kalia is Maine. Is Maine? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't read the brief properly. <laughs> and by the way, it's right here. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> wow. Uh, we also have Says Lewis Holmes. How are you doing, Says? Nope. Says Holmes Lewis. <gasps> see, it's, it's wrong here. Yeah. Well, I'll correct you. It's all good. No, thank you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so, someone's got to do the job of getting things right. <laughs> And basically, it, the worst thing is, it's not like I don't know, but I never actually consciously say your full name. So yeah. then I go yeah. stupid and I'm looking at you like, um, says, <laughs> like, and I, I know. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. How are you both doing? We're good, good. Yeah, we're good. Very Sun's hot. out. It's very warm. Yeah. But can I just say outside is less warm. So we're going to honor this particular moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to pretend that we're in Jamaica. I, I Some, like someone's bringing rum punch. Oh. <laughs> There's Might a sound, these mugs, an echo you know? of Buju Banton <laughs> far away, but like in echoes, you know. Uh, wh- where are you from, by the way? What's your... So I'm half English, and then my nan is Jamaican, granddad St. Lucian. Oh, Jamaica, Jamaica St. Lucia, proper blacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Proper blacks, <laughs> number two. Don't mess around. Um, no, because um, Jamaica is basically the king of the diaspora. Mm. So it's a really important thing that when I meet other Jamaicans, mm. that I let them know that you are so important to representing blackness. Thank you. I've, yeah. I've taken that personally. Yeah, no, because yeah. us three, we all have meetings about how we further Jamaicans in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think I think when we do have those meetings, it's interesting because I think for three million people, 
Do you think about the impact that Jamaica has had around the yeah. world? Mm. Yeah, so like the fastest runners and like Bob Marley, the and best food. Yeah. And I like you know, it's some, of, you say? some huh? of the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a couple of them. They're quite, you know, there's a couple of people that are quite fast. Asafa Powell, you know, there's a couple of them. Mm. But I feel Jamaica is number one. Nigeria is number two. But they had to have 240 million people yeah, to make it. Cultural <laughs> impact per person, yeah, per yeah. capita. Jamaica is top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it I, might I, even I, mean that's Nigeria because well. sugar cane come from there. I don't know what that means. What does that mean in the realm of things? Are you saying people what? Because like we're sweet up? Yeah. Mm. yeah. We say Jamaica's sweet anyway. Yeah. So. Mm. <laughs> it was a compliment. A shady I, one. We don't know. <laughs> We let the comments decide. That's how we do things. Mm. Um, so, Carly, we actually did a... I don't know. You was a kind of hosting. Were you organising? You had organising energy. And you yeah. were on the panel with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So For so, a Found Divine event. Yeah, so basically, so Lloyds Bank sponsored that event. So mm. I was there because obviously I run the Black Entrepreneurs Programme. Mm. Oh, so you ran I the bank. There. I was like, oh, yeah. sorry. Um, CEO, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <My> <laughs> <account> <laughs> number. So I, I just looked at you with marriage in my eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, I like money, you know. <laughs> I don't know how to get it. <laughs> I don't think you'll get far. Carly just heard you talking about babies and stuff, no? Yeah, but with the right Off partner, air. she'll get all the babies. Okay, Carly. And as we move as on. you are. <laughs> you did that. that you did that. Edit that, that part out as well? I don't know, man. <laughs> I think there's two already. I'm counting. Yo. Yeah, we have a count. Say two. <laughs> Sorry, please continue your story, Carly. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. I was supposed to be, so I was basically, I was there as the sponsor. Mm. I was supposed to be just making sure things ran um, according to plan. But the person who was supposed to be on stage with you. Who, who didn't who, turn Jam up Jamelia. Ah, Jamelia. Yeah, so she was in Birmingham. She got stuck in Birmingham. So I walked in thinking, oh, I'm just going to have a chill Saturday. Just mm. like sit in the background, make sure it runs runs okay. And the, the organizer, the founder, walked up to me and was like, can you do me a massive favor? Oh. And I thought they were going to ask me to go to the shops. So I, was like, <laughs> 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 so I was like, yeah, they were like, and then they started like really like nice to me. They've been really sweet. And they're like, mm. you know, because obviously like you're an amazing person oh. because of all this stuff. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, what do you want? They're like, can you do the keynote speech wow. with Barbin? And I was like, are you taking the piss? <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, sure. So literally, like 20 minutes before you turned up, I got told that I was going to be on the panel <laughs> with you. <laughs> I remember us both reading the briefing for the first time together and being like, right, so this is why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that could, but you were brilliant. You were great. Yeah, you were brilliant. It went down really, really well. Um, and I love it. I think my measure is always how many questions you get after. Yeah. That means people have been activated and they want to say stuff. What I always find awkward, though, is at the end, you get beeline for and people want their whole problem solved by you yeah. right there right now yeah it's a real commitment though isn't it in terms of black business you have to give way more than you are ever planning to yeah absolutely and i feel like since i started working for lloyd's bank the amount of questions and wow. people beelining for me has gone <laughs> up 10x which i can't i don't hate it because mm. it's like ultimately like yeah i'm the money woman so obviously people are going to want to come and speak to me but like i've just had to come up with like a million creative ways to say that's not what i do like i don't yes. just give money out Basically. like there are yeah like there are you know rules <laughs> i have to follow <laughs> it's like i don't have it in my house yeah you like that's not how this works Yo, all the um, finance bros must be on your case it's like a headache man uh says also bros like passport bros finance bros <laughs> are men that wear like mock neck jumpers oh. and chelsea boots with like camel covered colored like jackets and they sometimes have a windbreaker underneath and they just walk around and talk about investment and cryptocurrency really passionately at you and say that if you trade currency, your future will be sorted. And you're like, my guy, please, if you just don't leave me alone like right now. <laughs> How many of those guys have you got in your unread? What's that? List? Uh, like in investment, uh, Bitcoin. Finance, yeah, oh, no, no, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> No, but you and know what? This is the only place you can talk about this. <coughs> Tell us how you feel. Can you give one piece of a, just, just what would your overall response to all of those finance bros be? And then you can just <laughs> wrap it up right now. You have to say it one time. Please stop emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Get my> money. <laughs> yeah. What's, what? And I know our editor is going to add a picture of a finance bro right now to visualize this. And editor, I love you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being that person for us. Um, say also, look, very rarely, yeah, because I'm going to tell you how you came to my attention. This is a really important part. Yeah. Okay. So in 2020, there was a particular point when... Where, I think it was Sarah Everard. There was like George Floyd. It's like a, a mixture of things. Floyd, and there was Everard. like a raising Sarah. of the hand of like, who are the black men that are good men? 
and your name kept on coming up. I was like, who's this guy that's competing with me, brother? the greatest <laughs> black man on earth. Competing, you know? What do you mean, bro? I'm unaware. I don't why know what's your, going on. Why is your name coming up next to mine? Clearly a one-man competition. <laughs> <laughs> In his mind. He's <laughs> like sleeping and being like, Sace. It's like for my sleep. Um, but no, I, I think it's really beautiful when a man reoccurs or people reoccur. It means it's a really good sign in terms of like they're doing the right work long term as well, not performatively. Mm, yeah. um, and your name kept on coming up with different people. So I'm nosy like that. And that's actually a part of how I reached out to you also from jamming as well. We didn't even get to get into that. But like, I, I just wanted to reach out to you and be like, look, I love what you're doing. It's great. Yeah. And we've kind of just been a quiet rumbling of consistently checking in. And then, you yeah. know, finally now I'll get you here, which I is know, great. We can have a more extensive conversation. Yeah. Like you, did, you do work with young people. What actually would you define your complete mission as? To bring communities together. That's, mm. that's really the main thing. Um, I'm all about family and community. Mm. And that's the most important thing for me because I come from a, a, an estate, the Ellsbury Estate. Mm. And at the heart of it, even though there was Can a lot of... Can you contextualise Ellsbury Estate? Because it's like, when I mean it's world famous, it's world <laughs> famous. <laughs> Ellsbury Estate is literally sandwiched between Peckham, Campbell and Elephant and Castle. Mm. One of the largest housing estates in the whole of Europe at one point. Um, very diverse. Um, a lot of issues um, in terms of people just trying to navigate life. But as I said, at the heart of it was a diverse and connected community. And mm. that's just stayed with me. And with my mum being the influence on me that she is, I just wanted to give back just mm. like my mum. And I did that through my passion, which was football mm. uh, initially as a coach. And I started coaching young people at the age of 16. So mm. that then extended to education and things like that. So I've just mm. grown. So I just want to bring communities together to really realize their potential. And you, you've helped the careers of Reese Nelson and Jaden Sancho. What role did you actually play in sort of their development? Was it direct or was it just you just met them and knew them quite early? No, it's direct. Reese lived on the Ellsbury estate and, and him and, and Jaden were best friends. So mm. they were always together. And every time they were together, uh, they always had a football between them. But I came across Reese um, when I was scouting for the London Youth Games for Southwark Council. Mm. And, and that was at the age of eight. And I just couldn't believe the talent that I saw on that pitch from, from him and Jaden and a few others and yeah I became his coach from that age uh, from the age of 8 up until about 14 mm. for the London Youth Games but because he was on the estate and I did a lot of sessions on the estate I always saw him mm. you know, every week and I just built that relationship with him and mm. people think we're, we're brothers or family because he looks quite similar but yeah I, just, I got so much love and respect for, for Reese and Jaden for what they're doing and what they're trying to do now in terms of giving back to the community mm. who are you more proud of you can tell the truth who am I more proud of? Yeah, like a favourite child. Well, like. he's from the Ellsbury estate, but I'm going to say Reese. but I'm not more proud of anybody. I just have a more close relationship with Reese because uh, we've known each other for a long it's time. It's a very I poli political parental answer. <laughs> <laughs> I used to see him on the estate when mm. he was even younger because he lived next to my brother's best friend. Mm. And I saw this little boy, big head, running with the football all the time. He was mm. like three or four and he always had a football mm. at his feet. And I realized that was Reese, you know, mm. and then coming across him. So, yeah, really proud of Reese and what he's done um, in his career and what he's doing in terms of giving back as well. Mm -hmm. Powerful. So, uh, uh, as Guna, please get a message to him. Just hang in there. <laughs> I think that with an extended run in the team, yeah. he will show everyone how good he is. Yeah, like, yeah. Every time he I did watch say him, that. yeah, he's so he's good and he's so underrated. Yeah. Like, Do you know what's really sad? So good. Is I think the opposite. I think he needs to go. If he I goes, we'll, we'll, we'll see how much much yeah. we miss him we will no no, no. I, I agree with you but you know I think the one thing that Jaden did well is he left yeah. and went went yeah. to a place where he could shine yeah. sometimes well, it's not whether you're good enough it's whether yeah. you have the platform to shine and exactly I think if he that. played week in week out well that's that's the key thing for Jaden that was really good for his development because mm. he went and played men's football mm. yeah. and unfortunately a lot of young players they're at top clubs they don't play that, that mm. kind of football so they need to go yeah. and he did it at a really pivotal age at the age of 17 and when his dad spoke to me about the, the, the chance to go to Germany I said yeah mm. He has to go, you yeah. know, and you can see now going back to Dortmund how happy he is yeah. within himself. So it's all about the enjoyment, you know, understanding why you're playing the game. It's not for the riches, it's mm. not for the cars, the women, nothing like that. Mm. It's about the pure essence of I love this game and I want to express myself. Yeah. And that's what I, I love about Reese and Jaden and that crop of players from, from South London. Mm. Dope. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about today is because I just have this massive thing that's been reoccurring for the last month on the podcast, which is about... Um, I would really like more black men, 50, 60 plus, that I can connect to and ask questions to about the next development of my life. Like, I'm just about to hit 40. Um, I know that I look very young. <laughs> 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 um, but but I, I, for me, I love the idea of, like, sitting down with someone who's 55 and they just be like, 
these are some things that I learned in my 40s to 50s. Like I just mm. observed and I was trying to do this and didn't really run. And one thing I learned, because I think that's a really important start part of the next step. And I think we was at the house, was it the kitchen conversation yeah. or was it? Yeah. And we were talking. No, it was uh, the one before that. It was the one before that yeah. about, what's the guy, John Baptiste? John Baptiste, uh, American. Symphony? Symphony, yeah. Uh, so we do movie nights at my house as well. So yeah. like when, when we when we do that, the topics came up and it was like me and my, my friend was like discussing quite passionately the desire for someone just a little bit older just to drop game and just like keep, keep us in that kind of check i think the race part is really important but i've had amazing mentors like at different points in my life i feel like in school i scraped through school like mm -hmm. i it i didn't get it i had no idea what this was contributing and you know we're like in school they're like oh your future and you're like <laughs> what future i don't know what a future is i'm yeah. i'm barely making it right now i come from a very like low-income family i'm living on a state where no one really does anything different or special so what you're talking about future this test means nothing to me mm. um and it wasn't until i left and i met carl ramsey at 19 mm. years old uh, and we used to do these things called verbal intercourse where we'll sit in a circle of about 25 30 of us and we'll, we'll talk about a topic and we'll talk about black love and it will be like we'll just dissect it in a way where everyone gets to contribute and you hear what women think what men think what people from the lgbt community think all of those things helped me gain true perspective and like develop values actually, because they were being road tested in conversation. Um, and so I had an amazing mentor then and at 25 and met another amazing guy called Richard Antwi, who was like a music guy. He went to Oxford University um, and he had a partnership company called Levels with um, EMI. And I was like, I've never heard anybody that had a record label job. Like jobs was just about, but to have a company <laughs> partnership, yeah. I had never met anybody that done it. And he knew everybody. He was this really good guy. I met James Samuel through him, loads of things. Um, and so he's a really beautiful man. And, and since 25, you know, I've been pretty much on my own with it. Like there's loads of people around me, but I think someone that in your life that you just get to quietly watch and observe and learn from. So I, for me, I'd love to hear who the people were in your life and what role did they play? Because I think that mentorship, that kind of like who saved you, who saw the good in you, who saw what you was different at mm -hmm. and what made you get to where you are. Because I think inherently when you come from an inner city, you're, the odds of you not making it are probably higher than making it. Like, I think the chance of you going jail or, you know, dying or getting caught up in something, you know, untoward that just ruins your trajectory is easier than it is to actually come out and be healthily minded. So, yeah. I don't know, and you're from South Africa, so I'd love to yeah. know if there's a South African version of, like, that, where you come from and the chances or... Actually, let's start with you. We're, we're, like, yeah. what, what is the context of growing up in George and, like, who saw you and gave, spoke life into you? Um... So I come from a council council housing mm. sort of, I would say poor background. Mm. Um, very very working class, like working class family, matriarchal home, one of those big houses where there's enough rooms for the daughters and their children. It's like a family house like mm. that, and I was. I think I mentioned this before. I was one of the only people who showed potential in school. Mm. My mom didn't finish school. Um, her siblings were not particularly academic. They, di they did well to get by. My mom's younger sister um, finished high school. That's about it. Mm. And so in those times, you, d you don't have, I, I think it's about the same as you. Mm. You don't have people that own, that are CEOs, that own companies, that have their, that's entrepreneurs. In fact, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I think maybe almost high school. Because everything I saw in a book was like, how do I become that? I've never seen mm. a, I've never seen a doctor. I've never seen a lawyer. Yeah. I'm just reading about these things hypothetically as if they're fictional um, characters. And I think I wanted, I think at some point I, I wanted to become a tourist. Mm. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> actually know. You know why? Because my uncle was a, like a nomad. So he would just take <laughs> off and he'd be away for months on end and come back with like the best stories ever. Yeah. And you I'd be like, I want to do that. He couldn't sit still, but I actually thought he did like dope things. He probably came back and, you know inflated stories and stuff like that but mm. i thought it was the coolest thing you yeah. get to travel you get to meet new people i want to do that and then he, i said what what do you call that that you do and he's like no i'm just a tourist i wanted to become a tourist yeah. so, 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 yeah. Say, you know. <laughs> so yeah and i think the equivalent for 
you know, if you don't have a role model, you're more, most likely going to end up in jail mm. uh, or with, you know, in gangs or whatever, something like that for men, for boys. For girls, it's ending up pregnant and just not making it out of that town. Mm. So for me, academics helped me. And there was a teacher in grade seven, Mr. Sampson, mm. who he was just, he was just so proud of me he was like a dad and i also didn't grow up with a dad so mm. he was like a father figure to me and he would try and enroll me in like these private schools because he knows my family won't be able to afford it but he's like you can't just go to the local high school mm. which i ended up doing by the <laughs> way and i did pretty i yeah obviously excelled in there but if it wasn't for him who's like you're you're not made for for here mm. you're not supposed to just be here That's in little Pakelsdorf. Mm. And I'm incredibly proud to come from there because my entire community carries me. Mm. I, you know, Facebook, mm. you know, everyone is on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> so when I started being on TV, mm. every week there, there would be like clips and someone would tag me on, on Facebook. I'm like, oh my God, I remember you from mm. school and stuff. So it's brilliant coming from those communities and making it. Mm. But you do have sort of like survival not survivor's guilt is it survivor's guilt yeah. that you're like why do i or remorse like why did i make it mm. and why didn't for instance darwood mm. who grew up in the same street parents had the why did i make it and i don't know if you guys have the same experience like from where you come from and you see your peers and you're like damn you know i don't know if it's luck or my mom's prayers and i i do know it's prayers and some sort of higher power that i'm not aware of because mm. it could have easily been me stuck there with four children and working at the local supermarket packing grocery bags you know mm. and not to look down on those women who live those lives but th i knew that that wasn't for me mm. all because of mr samson who said that's not for you mm. you're not supposed to stay here so let me see what, how i can help you so yeah, Mr. Samson, big ups to you, man. Shouts to him, man. Uh, Darwood, because you're a creative, like a true creative, and I, I always tell you, like every time I see you creating, it's my favorite way that I see you express yourself. And I don't know what you tap into, but you come out with some sort of visual or communication that is just different. It's on a different frequency. It's really powerful. So that, I assume, when you were growing up, wasn't normal, like little black boys trying to create. When did it hit for you that maybe this is your way that you need to express yourself versus like mm. what the societal norm was, which is like take tests, become academic? Um, I actually was academic. Mm. I was extremely academic because mm. um, my first forays into art, a teacher like discouraged me from mm. and whatnot. Like, and just, but my brain was too young to, Instead of saying F the teacher, I said F art. Oh and wow. I just left art. It was the only subject I played truancy on. Really? Yeah, but I excelled at everything. And I was going to become a doctor. And then age 16, my spirit just refused. Like mm. literally, I just couldn't. When, as soon as I got to college, I just couldn't get out of bed to mm. go to college mm. and whatnot. And like, and I, I used to think, what's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up just linking creative people mm. then i was like oh cool let me try this acting thing and mm. i was doing it and i excelled at that a little bit and then i started directing um but funny enough with speaking about mentors my teacher michael vance again like you have all the teachers i had they all thought i was rowdy and mm. that yeah and i was one of the kids that used to get disgust in the staff room mm. like like oh that guy he's done mm. this today he's done that I was super rowdy, but I felt like my grades were helping the school a little bit because mm. I never got kicked out. Like, <laughs> like I used to get away with murder, like mm. things that other people would get expelled for. Mm. I would just get sent home for a day or two. Mm. And, and it used to confuse me like, okay, all right. And then Michael Vance was the first teacher that just was like, you've got something, stop messing mm. about. But he wouldn't say it, he would just, things so he brought Benjamin Zephaniah to my school legend mm. and that and that was the first time like poetry just seemed attractive to me because mm. when I thought of poetry I thought of like them old yeah, ye yeah. old bastard them boring poets that just yeah. whine and moan yeah. and that but he had his whole own ca cadence and that and I remember just watching him and just being enthralled and because of my temper 
Mr. Vance goes, oh, maybe you should write some poetry when you're angry mm. to write how you Love feel. That. And because I'd seen it, I was like, all right, cool. So that's how I started. Yeah. And that within a few weeks, I was right, because I went to a boys' school. So none of us know how to talk to girls, mm. but I could waffle. <laughs> so <laughs> I would start writing Life poems letter. and selling them to guys for five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Filling in their Valentine's cards. Put in S W A L K, still with a loving kiss. <laughs> wow. And then put your f perfume on it. Like, I, I was coaching. This is the blind leading the blind. Yeah. <laughs> I was coaching guys because I was a virgin. I was coaching guys. On how to Aren't talk they to the best, you know? Yeah. I but, had the best but advice. Wait, wait, I used to sell this guidebook um, to guys for when you get a girl's phone number, mm. you ask her this, and then you, you so I'll coach guys, you ask her this. And you ask her that and you ask her that. But whatever she answers, that forms your next question. So I would mm. teach them how to do it. So I'd be going through lessons. That's crazy, man. I know. So I was <laughs> just doing wild stuff like that. Does it work today? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that. It 100%. Anytime I coach a guy and I had to speak to a woman, mm. it works. Mm. 100%. So formula. You want to sell your formula? What, to anybody? Yeah. I don't need you. You've got a walking formula. <laughs> you've got a walking formula. You don't need me. You should, I think you should bottle that and on. sell that, man. I should. But um, in terms of mentors, I have never had a mentor to say, I'm going to mentor you or just take yeah. an active role. What I've done is I've taken on mentees, people that I watch from afar. Mm. And one I have to shout out, that in fact, two, um, Dean Ricketts, and Charlie Dark, mm. like they both became my mentors and they just did not know. Mm. Like I just watched everything they did. And whenever I, I would speak to them, I would just bombard them with questions mm. until like I got answers. And I knew they just ended up thinking, oh, it's a really weird kid. He's really intense, but like, no, you were mentoring mm. me. Now that I'm older, I've said to them, yeah, you know, you still were my mentors. Mm. And that, yeah. Wow. Carly, who, who, what was your journey going to be before someone interrupted it. And also, what role did your parents play? Were they down with it? They, were they just like, I want to be a ballerina, you're like, fine. Or I want to be a <laughs> firefighter, and it was like, great. Or what, 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 they resist it. Yeah, so my parents were very, very supportive. Mm. Not They didn't understand what I was doing mm. or anything like that. But they were just like, if you want to do it, like, we'll, we'll support you. But they, so my mum and all... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My family, they're all teachers, public sector workers. My dad, they had other jobs, which mm. I, I kind of, you know, just... just the standard kind of office jobs. And oh, it sounds like, like they're that. moving weight. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, that's a lot I was like, let me clarify. Let me clarify. They were legit jobs. Legit jobs. They had pay slips. Like, yeah, all above board. How underwhelming. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry. My life was more boring than I was making out. But um, so in terms of kind of like, and I was always told, you know, oh, you're really smart, you're really smart, and mm. you can you can do things. And I was like, great, but there was never really any clarification on what that, that would is. Mean. Yeah. Like in the same way you were saying, oh, you wanted to be a tourist. Like legitimately, I wanted to be Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't sing. How old are you, man? What do you mean you want to be Beyonce? How old are you, man? I'm thirty. 
And so oh, I, you're a young pup. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, please. Gosh. I like the table. Jesus Christ. I like the table. Yeah. She's so. <laughs> a woman. Um, no, but the reason why I say that, though. That was misogyny. I don't know what that means. It's the big <laughs> words again. What, what, what reason why I said that? It's always good to be stupid to get out of accountability. Definitely not something I would ever do. Um, but what's really beautiful about that is that Beyonce was like, oh, I was an adult when Beyonce was an adult. So now you're making me feel a way yeah. about you dreaming to be someone who was like my age. Mm. <laughs> feel weird now. But anyway, continue with your story with your drug dealing parents. Yeah, um, so yes, yeah, so I was always kind of like, yeah, I was smart, I was getting the grades, but I just didn't know mm. what to do with it. But I always had the encouragement that, okay, well, when you work it out, like, mm. you know, you, we, we kind of believe in you. It's exactly but, the same. Yeah, yeah, but I never had like, no teachers really like intervene. Like when you was naming teachers, like, I couldn't think of any off wow. the top of That's my head mm. that kind of did anything for me significantly. But there was a few that, for instance, like they would see that I was looking at particular courses at particular unis and be like, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. Like, why are you looking there? Why are you not looking at like Oxford? Or, it's literally or that though. Yeah, like the, the small things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, why, why don't you do this? And like, so that kind of encouraged me to just think a bit bigger because my world was small. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, even though I had the encouragement, I had the, you know, the intelligence, I couldn't, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. So where, where did the audacity come to like create Jammy, which is not a simple, easy thing. That was a huge beast. So it actually wasn't from audacity. It was from what you were saying around, I wouldn't call it like survivor's guilt, but it was almost just like, I felt like I've had so many opportunities. If I've yeah. been given like intelligence and I've been given, you know, a bit of the gift of the gab or whatever, like for me to just use it for myself is like, what are you doing? Like mm. it's, it's a waste. Um, and so I kind of was like, when, you know, the first wave of the Black Lives Matter movement happened and, you know, everyone was kind of reignited into kind of like looking at actually like what is happening to the black community? Like yeah. my family's always been very pro-black. Like when I was like eight, I got given this book on black heroes. It's mm. all American, but like, <laughs> you know, I was I was always told like, you know, be proud of who you are, be proud of being black British in mm. particular. And like really kind of like drummed into me from when I was young. So when all this stuff happened in like 2013, 2014, I was like, I knew about this stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. this stuff has been happening for decades. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, if I, I kind of saw it as a, you know, we've been talking about this, you know, the um, oppression of black communities for so long and still nothing has happened. Mm. Maybe, it, you know, I came up with this concept of, of you know, because it started off as a discount card for black and business. And I mm. thought, well, maybe if if no one else was doing it, maybe I should just do it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. see see what happens. It wasn't even coming from an ego perspective. Like, mm. you know, I'll, split, I'll solve the problem. Did someone speak <laughs> life into you at some point and just be like, do you know what you could be doing? Or do you know it's actually possible? Or was it just literally just off your own? No, own? it dope. was literally, actually, it was literally just for me. It was like, I will regret it if I don't try. Like, if mm. I try and I fail, it is what it is. At least mm. I tried. But for me, I'm just like, I just felt like I'd been given gifts, you know, if I don't do anything with them, that's just such a waste. Yeah. And, and who am I not to... Not say serve my community, but mm. like, you know, who am I not to give back if I've been blessed with being where I am? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So, so yeah, so that was literally how it started. But it was very much a case of when I did finally think to myself, okay, I'm going to start this business. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I didn't mm. know anyone. I started to reach out to people, like people like, you know, Jamelia, I was, I was, I was saying earlier, mm. and they gave back to me. Like, she yeah. just started her business and... So she, it's not like she, you know, had lots of time and stuff. And she was like to me, right, come to this event and I'll introduce you wow. to a few other people. And then that ball started rolling. Like Amazing. more and more people were just like, okay, you know, you're just you're just a young girl. I was 22 at the time. I mm. knew nothing. I was fresh out of uni. And more and more people were just like, you've sold me on the vision. Mm. I'm going to introduce you to someone. To and then they introduced me to someone. And then, and it was those people yeah. who then became like my mentors, the people who are uh, um, ahead of me in the journey who kind of, were just so supportive of me. Even mm. I was at, I was literally at dinner with 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 her yesterday. Like, mm. and I think that was just really powerful for me because it just made me feel like okay, I finally have people who I can look up to, mm. and who are showing me where I could go. Because I think that was always what I was missing. Like mm. I kind of had you know had the belief, had the the back people was backing me, but backing mm. to to do what? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't see it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Say, who who made the say story? Who were the main key players that kind of kept you from obviously an estate? Because yeah. by the way, that estate was not always peaceful. So yeah. who helped you navigate that? And then obviously to become this, and, and I suppose in a way, because you have a, 
a child who's like 17 years old. So yep. I think you're also, you're <laughs> yeah, you're coaching a man yourself. Like yeah. who are the key people that gave you that code to get through it? You know what, it's, it's a combination. And I was very blessed to have people that stepped into my life at very you know critical times. Mm. Um, so I think when my dad left the household at the age of eight, that's when a lot of my problems came to the fore in terms mm. of just trying to figure out who I was. And then in the midst of living on that estate, which I said was very multicultural, but it was very white working class, mm. uh, especially on match days when we had Millwall games, you know, people walking through the estate, a lot of racism, things like that. Mm. And I started to think about who I was and then had a bit of an identity crisis to some degree because I was thinking, well, no one's really spoke about mm. my color before and call me all these different words. So when my dad left, it just kind of further compounded those issues. Yeah. Um, and all I wanted to do at that time, the first person that really inspired me to go after what I wanted outside of my mum was Ian Wright. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I saw Ian Wright and he yeah. became that distance mentor stroke uncle. I wanted to play football. I wanted to play professional football. I wanted to play for Arsenal. Mm. Football made me feel better because of the deficit I had with my dad being in and out of my life. So mm. I really struggled with that, but I latched onto football. And then I realized my birthday was the same as Ian Wright, November 3rd. And then I was like, right, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. Mm. And football was accessible for us. So went to Kingsdale School, which was towards the out, oh, the out, outskirts, outskirts of Southwark um, Borough. And I came across my first real mentor in education, a man called um, Devin Hanson. Mm. Um, and Mr. Hanson was my head of year, but also the PE teacher. And he was a someone that he could tell you about yourself and you couldn't <laughs> yeah. say nothing, you know? Yeah. And it was just literally like, yeah, hold, yeah. You, hold yourself. <laughs> and uh, he was Jamaican as well. And he just, had, he just knew how to deal with the young people yeah. and my friends and everyone in the school, we got the respect of everybody. Yeah, it was the same as Michael Vance. Yeah. He was a raster. Yeah. So not, like, he had jokes for days. That was no it. No one could talk back yeah. anything bad to him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, just that hard line yeah. and respect. You just knew if you crossed that line, it was a yeah. problem. So with Mr. Hanson now, he just really started to tell me, like in year nine, like, say, you need to start thinking about what you want to do. Mm. If you continue on this path, I've seen so many people go in this path, you're going to end up the typical young black stereotypical guy from a council estate mm. yeah. and by really latching onto football and utilizing that you know i really just changed my my trajectory in year 10 and in year 11 and then i came across uh, um, another mentor called abdullah ben kamal yeah. um, everyone knows him as abs or ben and he grew up on the glebe estate in peckham and he founded a football club to support his young brothers from mm. getting into gangs and stuff and um, i think I, I know his brother who rashid yeah, Rex. Rex, <laughs> when, when you meet Rex, we'll talk after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. So, I know as soon as you said the abs, I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the Ben Kamal. So abs gave his life to the community through football. Yeah. And he taught me a lot about life through the game and literally allowed me to believe that I could play professionally. Mm. And I wasn't where I needed to be. I wasn't putting in the required effort. So between 14 and 19, I really focused and he gave me that belief. And then I signed my first professional contract at the age of 19 in the Republic of Ireland. And that was because of his guidance and the support wow. of Mr. Hansen. And they've mm -hmm. been my mentors ever since. But I'm very, very lucky that I've had people that have invested time in their communities, but mm -hmm. also helped me along my journey to, to reach my dreams. You know, I play professional football. I've rep represented Barbados internationally. Mm -hmm. I've coached some of the best players, you know, in England that England have produced. Um, but outside of that, education was also paramount and that was also from my mum and mm. Mr. Hanson. So mm. I really started focusing on educating myself as a coach and went back to education at the age of 28 to study at university, mm. at the University of East London and then studied youth and community work and sports development as a combined degree. And that gave me the inspiration to set up Mentivity and, and provide mentors for young people because mm. if we can do that and harness the energy of people giving back to other people's children outside of their families, that power That's is just, true. you know, it's exponential. Yeah. You don't really understand and what it did for me. Mm. It stopped me from going down the typical route, you know, mm. with people that were doing negative things in my area because mm. I wanted money. Yeah. I wanted these things and that was viable and visible mm. and it was close, you know, but the other things, it was hard work. How do we mm. do this? And people had to just sit me down and say, look, you're going to have to do this to get to here. I'm like, well, I'm willing to do it because mm. I love this and I want to do it. Mm. So without Mr. Hanson and Abs, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I have one more question for you both, yeah, is that you both do great work on behalf. Well, it's like your vision, but it enhances the black experience for everybody. Is there a cost to doing community work? Like, personally, like, what's, what's, what, what don't you, what do you lose on behalf of doing for others? It's hard to switch off. Yeah. It's hard to, to say no. 
like mm. for instance like earlier i was joking about you know please stop emailing <laughs> but it's like but you you know i will i want to actually i want to help everyone yeah. i want to i want to you know really live my purpose and you know support the growth of black owned businesses and for that reason i do find myself overstretched mm. operating beyond capacity mm. doing things where if i wasn't if i wasn't you know living within a purpose for instance i would just close my laptop and just you know move on yeah, it would be yeah. like nine to five move on with my life type thing mm. and i think that has a real emotional cost and over the years so i've been running jammy since um 2016 over the years it's had a real emotional toll because mm. you want to support as you kind of get bigger and more well known more and more people will come to you and ask for support and so and you want to do more but you're still just a person yeah. and you're still operating within the confines of reality. I don't have limited mo uh, unlimited money. I mm. don't have unlimited energy. I don't have unlimited resources. And emotionally that it cuts into you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and it, it cuts into who you are as a person sometimes. Mm. I hear that. What about you, Says? Yeah, much the same. I echo a lot of the same sentiments. Um, but I think burnout is the, is the worst thing because by not saying no, you get to a point where you have nothing left. And I experienced that in 2019 and I never want to be there again. Mm. And when you're at rock bottom, you realize one, the people around you who care about you, yeah. um, but also you have to rebuild yourself mm. and whilst trying to still provide services for others. And, you know, the work that we do in trying to prevent young people from going down the wrong path with mentivities is very difficult mm. and it's taxing. And when they do go down the wrong path and you lose young people, which I have, you know, I've lost 13 young people since 2008 that I've worked with extensively, um, predominantly in Southwark and, what, what does that do for your belief, though? Because I think belief oh. was driving me for many, many years. Yeah. Like I had a very pure, high-level vision of what I was doing and what I would like to see happen. Yeah. When life, life's, and all these different variables kick in, you realise how much hard work that really is. And yeah. actually, you're better off preserving yourself to be a long-term, consistent voice rather than to like try to explode into the answer but yeah. what does it do when you like lose people you're like, losing young people in the middle of you trying to help young people it, you, you toy with that idea and and i'll be real you know mm. you start thinking whether I'm, I'm cut out for this but also you've got to think about the young people you have prevented from going down yeah, that path so that far outweighs the 13 that i've worked with and that's mm. why setting up this organization was so important because there was so only so much i could do as one person you know i was doing this work before i started mentivity in 2016 you know it's mm. been eight years I've been working with young people for 25 years, mm. since the age of 16. So in different guises, within school setting, within pupil throwing, it's, you know, as a youth worker, mm. I've done it so many different ways. But it's so difficult when you lose young people because you start to think, am I doing enough? Mm. But you can't shoulder the responsibility of losing that young person because so many other people have failed them mm. where you haven't. And you have to believe in yourself that you can prevent this from happening again. And you have to keep going. You know, mm. you really have to keep going. And sometimes it actually reaffirms why you're doing this. Mm. And it's a horrible thing. But, you know, when I lost Raheem in 2018, that was really, that cut me deep because I knew him since the age of eight. You know, wow. I went to school with his mum. Yeah. And I didn't oh, Were there signs that something wasn't right or was it oh, just yeah, happening? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, oh. I knew from the minute I met him at the age of eight, right, okay. I saw myself in him. Right. You know, okay. I saw it. He was birthdays in October, same Scorpio like yeah. me, same <laughs> demeanor. I was like rude, everything. I was just like, this mm. is me. And I just I just latched onto him and he latched onto me because mm. he needed that. But we just couldn't do enough. He was failed by so many other people in society. Mm. If he was with me, potentially he could have stopped that. Mm. But it's those personal connections, you know, and I felt like I had lost a son. And mm. every time I lose young people, it feels like that. Yeah. You know, so it's just devastating. And even if I don't know them, it's just like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. if we don't have a society where we can't protect young people mm -hmm. and protect women, we don't have a society. Yeah. yeah. So we have to bring yeah, communities yeah. together. Yeah. It goes far beyond just young people. And, and that's why I just keep going and keep doing what I'm doing. What What, what is your outlook like? Like, I, I think about me and my, my whole thing was to evolve into boardrooms, into, you know, leadership's positions, yeah. to look at how things are governed from that position. Yeah. How would you de describe yours? Are you still still more frontline than boardrooms, or are you m mixing and matching? Like, how are you finding yeah. that balance, and what's your out? I would say, you know what, it's a sandwich approach now because mm. obviously, being on the London Police Board and you know being a real advocate for young people's rights when it comes to police and especially stop and search, I have to be in those rooms, but also be on the front line doing that work through mentivity, going to schools, doing assemblies. I have to be that person to, mm. to showcase that I can be here, but also can be here. Mm. And this is something that you can actually create a career from. Yeah. And I never knew I could do this, but I've had to really upskill myself and really put myself outside my comfort zone, 
you know, consistently by doing this work and with some of the corporate support that we have, you know, Goldman Sachs, Spotify as well, mm. you know, Foot Locker, there's so many different people that I'm speaking to, but I never thought I'd be doing this work. But I have to believe why I'm doing this and the belief is every day is young people, mm. you know, seeing them and when I go to schools doing assembly and they're like, now I'm gonna do my work, now I'm gonna be focused. That's why I do this, mm. you know. So we have to be a combination, but the danger is is that the more successful you become, you become more detached from the reality and yeah. I can't do that. You that know? That's really key. Yeah. Because the, uh, what, what I never want to be is someone that's sort of standing aloft and being like, oh, black people should be doing this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I've always kept really good proximity to the most, like for me, the everydayness of what's happening for yeah. real black people rather than kind of what, reading it and giving a judgment. Um, I have a... <laughs> that's got to be a fine. That is a... Yeah, we've got a fine system, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I do have... Because uh, I'm going to separate the room a little bit. I have a clip that I found. So this is like a section where the stuff that I find on the internet when I'm doom scrolling at three in the morning because I've got so much work to do. And I found this clip and I, I want to play it for you and I want to hear, like, I have a question for you. Then I have a separate one for you two because I think you've answered this before in a previous podcast, but I want to hear these ones. So this is the actual clip. And by the way, yeah, I've tried to have these conversations with, with my, my parents before and I realise it's fundamentally waste time um <laughs> with all the love in the world but this this was really moving me because this guy was so angry and frustrated and i'll try and show it to you while it's playing but i'm going to play it into um the microphone uh, just you know, don't say that you've always created a comfortable environment to bring stuff up you haven't and that's straight up true and i don't care if i'm gonna get backlash for this and i'm sorry that i'm upset right now but i am upset because you're keep constantly saying that and that's completely false no it's you haven't not created false. Yeah, yeah it in, is in my because opinion. you haven't created a comfortable environment to that level where i can come to you and talk to you about everything and i'm telling you how i feel you cannot tell me how i feel mom this is the problem with parents. You can't tell me how I feel. That is on you, because whatever I think that I'm telling I... you right now, given the way you react towards certain things, the certain things that you say, the backlash, this, this comment, that comment, these toxic things that you say, you've ne you haven't created a comfort environment 24-7. Because, because the, those things are in your betterment. Oh, my God. If I say something, it's so, not out oh of the context. Oh, my God. Okay. Parents have a 100% God-given right to say whatever the hell they want. You know what? If my kids get us into an amazing school, you suck. You could have gone into a better school. Oh, but I'm right to say that because you know what? It's in the betterment of that no, child. Not, they should not say No, 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 no. Mom, it's, it's in the betterment of no, that child. No, no. So you just proved that it doesn't matter no, if it's no. in the betterment. No. If it's in the betterment of that child, does I, that still not I, hurt I, the I child? I never ever say you no, suck. No, I'm just that. giving you an example. I, uh, just you don't know. say that you've always mm. Have you ever tried to, and I think slightly different to you because you have a son. Yeah. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with your parents about anything big? Did it work? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what What has been your experience of like, because now you're an adult. Yeah. And then now you're speaking to people who have raised you. Hmm. And you're like, look, I'm not, you, thank you for everything. You've hmm. been great. I get it. But here's like one or two areas that were really challenging. And you would just, probably a part of you is hoping that they just be like, Do you know what? You're right. Did no. That <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, so I kind of have gone with the complete opposite approach, which mm. is actually just accepting them as humans. Mm. And that, you know, I wake up every day thinking, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Like, you know, just mm. like in life and whatever. And, I, and then one, once upon a time it dawns on me, oh my God, they probably think the same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, they've never been, you know, 60 before and they've never been whatever. And um, I think for that reason, I've just, I just see them as humans. And so mm. I kind of, to me, there's, there's no point. Like, especially like, you know, speaking to like my mum and my dad about, you know, when this happened when I was this age and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't need that level of healing. I also don't need that level of stress to have yeah. that conversation with them now, to be quite honest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a fantastic relationship with the both of them where I feel like now the person I am, I'm completely supported by them. Mm. And then in the areas where there are challenges, I've just grown to accept it which might not even be the healthiest thing yeah. but, it but I, is I don't the really tools that, that you've used to kind of get through it because i think like sometimes we the, the advice that i give is that you realize that there's actually a process that goes through mm -hmm. to get it like it's not as simple as like you just have to get over it because that actually is a process to get over it because at first there's a part of you that's like look i needed to to be heard mm -hmm. or you know i wanted you to create justice for me and make me feel better about what i experienced 
And then you're trying. Is that That's me? That's a oh. fine. Another oh. fine. Oh, no. It's my guy as well. Be, oh, Lord. Who's the third one? Oh, Mine's man. on, on airplane. Yeah, I put mine on airplane. You know what? I, t- I, I turned my phone up to play that clip. That's why. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, <this> production issues. <laughs> um, but do you have any tips for like how people can improve that relationship? Because it's more than just getting over it. I feel like there's some ground steps that need to happen for you to be able to be like, all right, I'm I'm fine with what it is. It's a journey. It takes time. Mm. Yeah, you know, what actually happened with me, it was completely by accident. I had a manager ages ago who went on this, like, self-help course or something. Mm. And she was like, it's great. You, you, I'm going to pay for you to go on it. And I was like, okay. She got me, like, two days off work. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 sure. I shall go. Yeah, yeah. I was like, cool. Um, and so, so I went on it and... Um, my nan had passed away, I think, the mm. year before. And I was, uh, you know, really close to my nan. Love my nan. Um, and they kind of were really pushing on, you know, your f- relationships with your parents and stuff. Mm. And so they were kind of saying, you know, what's happened in the last year is, you know, bringing up, is there any trauma or anything you want to talk about? So I wanted to talk about my nan, who's my um, dad's mum. Mm. And through that, they were like, well, what would you say to your dad? And at the time I was like, nothing (laughs) like it is what it is like you know he you know things got handled how they got handled and they're like no 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 but like what would you say to your dad and I was really being very like I don't want to talk about this like I don't want to talk about this like everything is fine blah 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 um and I kind of like was basically pouting and was like I refused to participate in this exercise Um, (laughs) and then I watched everyone else do it and then I was like okay like you know I'm a big girl this begin with an L by the way what the thing you went on the course no begins with an I I think it's, there's a there's a cousin to it. I think I okay. know what it is. Okay, okay. cool. Um, yeah. And so basically, the exercise was basically so I had to say to like the the uh, mediator or the person who's running it, like what I would want to say to my dad. So mm. I kind of like started off by kind of being like, you know, oh, well, I wasn't happy with this and I wasn't happy with that. <laughs> and then he started responding. Yeah. Like as what he thought my dad would kind of say. Yeah. And, I, and I was just like, and as he was responding, I was like, I actually understand yeah. <laughs> you a bit more so that I think that really helped me to see my dad as a person as yeah, a human yeah. because like you know people are flawed like as your parents like do you know what I mean but mm. I never really took the time to actually think about how my dad responds to me as a person because mm. I can be I'm the oldest child like I can be very much you can't tell me anything like mm. that type of stuff and like mm. you know he's a black man like he's used to being the man of the house he's got like this <laughs> his oldest daughter telling him like man of what house like yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah, kind of thing yeah. And it, it kind of helped me realize, actually, he's dealing with me in the same way that I'm dealing with him. And if I approach our relationship in a, from a more equal footing, especially mm. at that point, I think it was like 25, like as two adults who are, you know, we have a relationship with each other, we will probably get on better. And yeah. it, from that week, from that week, that moment on, that was the turning point in our yeah. relationship where every time something happens, like I just see him as a person. Like today he called me, like as I was walking into the office and I was like, why are you calling me? Like so early. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and so I picked up the phone and I was like, dad, I've got, I've got to go. Like, I can't talk to you right now. Mm. And, and I locked off cause like literally my, the, my man- manager was staring right <laughs> at me. And then I was just like, that was really rude. You know, mm. like he was just calling me just to see if I was okay. So I called him back and, and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. He's like, no, no, I'm sorry to you. Cause I know what it's like when you walk Aww. into the office. And I was like, no, 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 don't apologize. Cause yeah. you didn't know I was walking to the yeah, office that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, well have a great day. And I was like, you have a great day too. <laughs> 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 I love that. I love that. Yeah. Sace, what about you? Oh boy. I think from my perspective of my mom, um, I had a respectful fear of my mom. Mm. You know, as a Jamaican strong woman, mm-hmm. you know, and she had to play the role of my man dad. Mm. So for me being the eldest, I made the most mistakes and needed the most discipline. So it was difficult for me to navigate and speak about the issues that I had because I didn't want to burden her with my issues, to be mm. honest. Um, so I didn't want to add anything to her plate. But from my perspective now as a father to a 17 year old, I've continuously tried to make sure that one, he knows that he can't be wrong for however he feels. Mm. And I think that's really important for me to, to that keep again? that. He can never be wrong for how he feels. Okay. Mm. You know, and I think that's really, really important. And he's a very emotional young person just like me. Um, but again, sometimes he has that respectful fear and doesn't think I'm going to be able to detach myself from being his dad to give him the advice or say the right things. And that makes it difficult. But also it doesn't help that growing up on a council estate as well, you can't just be jovial and happy all the time with your yeah, face. Like yeah, you yeah. have a resting bad man face. You know, <laughs> I'm literally, so a lot of people fear me and they haven't even spoke to me, yeah. you know, and I just have this kind of like headmaster kind of, 
you know, big brother thing that people think, oh, I can't talk to Sace, mm. you know, he's not going to understand, mm. but I actually do. Mm. So I'm really trying to work on that and be Do you more ever use it as a, um, as a defense mechanism, like as a weapon? Because I, I sometimes do. When I can't be bothered to engage, I just be as big and as black as I humanly can. <laughs> Please leave me the hell alone. My face just goes at that noise. People, <laughs> people say But again, but when I smile, it's like it's, I'm a totally different person. Mm. So I think it's really important to to foster, you know, safe environments for our young people and mm. our children because I have to be consistent with him to get to the point that he can speak to me the way I would love for him to speak to me. Mm. But he speaks to my wife a lot more than, yeah, than he does yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. But And I'm like, oh, I found this out. I'm like... But then I just go back to him like, oh, you didn't tell me this. Yeah, and he'd be yeah, like, yeah. oh, oh, sorry, but I'll tell you next time. So I think we just got to make sure that we are consistent with our young people and model the behaviours that we expect to see mm. in them mm. ourselves. Yeah, mm. powerful. Was that always the case in terms of setting up a safe space for him to talk or did you have to always, learn it? Always, from a young age, mm. especially working with young people. I learned a lot, you know, as a practitioner, as a youth worker, I learned a lot and I never wanted young people, to, my son, to feel uncomfortable mm. around me. Uh, but that's just natural because I'm his dad. You know, mm. he's he, he's got these expectations that I'm going to have these expectations on him. Mm. But I don't. Mm. You know, I'm just like, you've got to figure it out. You mm. know, and I just want to be there for him. You know, when those things go wrong more than when things go right. Yeah. Well, look, I think we're actually out of time, but I, I do want to ask everyone one really quick question. Yeah. And it's one I always ask when I'm gathering people. And it takes reflection. So take a second if you need to. But understand we have to be out of here in four minutes. <laughs> it's the one thing that's currently happening in your life that is unwanted, but it just keeps happening. So the question is actually phrased, what's unwanted but persists? Hmm. But I, for me, the question of something that keeps happening that you're just trying to stop, a habit that you keep on breaking. Ro? Getting triggered by my mom. Mm. Suicidal thoughts. Mm. Man. I know. I can't get rid of them. Mm. But I'm arming myself, basically, so mm. I don't hit rock bottom. Mm. Mm. Anchoring is important. I love you. You know that, by the way. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Yeah. Mm. Uh, lack of discipline for me. Mm. And which area is the discipline lacking? All areas or just a particular area? Uh, the finance pros in your DMs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, all areas. I think because at the moment I'm balancing um, Jammy, mm. stuff with Lloyds Bank. I'm buying a house. Mm. I've become a school governor. For some reason, I keep piling things on. Mm. Um, and Lack of discipline was the <laughs> furthest <laughs> thing from my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I need to be just generally like more disciplined, more organized mm. and more strategic with, with the things that I'm doing and the prioritization mm. of, of these things as well. Mm. Ah, man, not being all things to everybody. Mm. Um, I think that's really important because you can spread yourself way too thin and then you don't achieve the things that you need to. And then it's like a cycle. You start feeling that, oh, I can't do this. But yeah, yeah. just understand that some people just can't be helped. Yeah. And that you have to invest that time in yourself to be able to help other people mm. in a way that they may need and those that are pouring into you so mm. you can pour into them. So it's not that, that misplaced energy. I yeah. think that's really, really important. I've really worked on that the last four years. So yeah. that's a constant theme that's coming up. My therapist t once told me that you need to have a capsule of care. And she's like, five people can fit on this capsule. Who's mm. in it? And she was being quite bullish with me. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like well, I have two kids. That's two spaces. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, did, I think that was really good in terms of choosing who I can show up for 100%. Yeah. And some people just can get things and sometimes they can't. Yeah. And I think that really helped me sort of navigate that space, which is really beautiful. So before you go, yeah. your persistent thought. Uh, what is uh, the persists? Oh, I mean, it's the years just start. I'm very disciplined this year. No nothing has reoccurred yet. But I, I think, again, very similar, overcommitting. And also starting way too many businesses I did. I just, <laughs> I have to stop. I, I have an idea a day and I feel like 50% of them I have a duty to start and I really either need to continue or I need to cut them off. So I did a lot of culling at the end of last year um, and that's something, I, just, I, I make that the thing. I, I cull my new initiatives that I need to stop. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Carly, I wanted to ask you: like, is is parenting an aspiration of yours? Or is it not not yet too early? Do you secretly have a child because you're a governor now? I don't know why. <laughs> no. about human beings that you created. No, I don't, know I don't secretly have a child. Not, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> 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 
No, I definitely do want to be. Yeah, um, I definitely do want to be a parent sometime mm. soon. Um, but I just need to like all the things that I'm working on. I think I need to kind of get them in line first mm. before I then add a new top priority. Yeah. On top of that. Do you want to do a quick advert? We have men that watch this, and maybe they'll just be <laughs> <laughs> great little mini advert like I am. Um... Yeah, I'm getting a house guy. No, you should do though. Because I, I heard this woman made her boyfriend pay rent in the house that she owned hey. and didn't that tell him. So cold. And I that thought it was so, so genius cold. but yeah. brutal. I was like, it hurt my feelings, but I also was like, good, good for you. <laughs> but like, no. that's quite harsh. But good for you. <laughs> the poor man just paying rent and didn't know. Um, but thank you everyone for coming. My name has been Marvin Harrison. We have been joined by Sace Holmes Lewis. There you go. You got it, bro. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's pressure man. works, man. It's main. It's main. Very clear. Uh, Darwood Grace and Romanta Boita. Thank you so much, uh, everyone, for coming. This has been Dope Black Dads. Please email us because we're lonely and sad and we don't have any friends. Hello at dopeblack.org. Uh, can you follow us on Instagram? We're very near to 200,000. It's been a couple of months we've been hovering around there precariously. Uh, also, you can go to us on TikTok where we are gaining rapidly. And I'm on there now saying things, which I, I'm also growing quickly, quickly as well. I have a future as an influencer. Please watch out. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, definitely we'll come back again. We'll have to have you back, obviously, because we have loads of... We didn't even go into black business fully. Yeah, but you know what I mean? There's loads of stuff, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.